Hey everybody, this is Keone. Um, we're going to be a little bit different this week. It's just going to be Ian and myself. JJ apparently spontaneously combusted, but he should be back for the podcast later this week. Prayers out. We have Aaron, we have intern Aaron, picking up his pieces and trying to put them together. He says he's not good at puzzles, but I, I think he can do it. Um, on to the pot! Welcome in, guys. What up? It's your boy. It's not Big Gain. Uh, I know that's what JJ usually says. Um, it is producer Ian. I'm here with the lovely Keone. Oh, thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Daydreamer Keone. And you can follow me on Twitter at Daydreaming Ian. I know we're all a little different there, but you know what? That's what Twitter gives us. So today we're going to go over some waiver wire drops, some waiver wire ads, um, and then just a general recap of what we saw this week from each position and stuff like that. So let's go straight into the waiver wire drops. And the first one we got on our list is James White. He is 41.9% owned in ESPN leagues, and he's just, it's just not it for him anymore. No. Um, he had two good weeks that were sandwiching the bye with seven receptions before and eight receptions after, but he has not scored all season. So I am no longer relying on him in a New England backfield that is iffy in the running back at all. It's clearly shifting to Damian Harris's backfield. Right. James White is only in there to catch the ball, and even then he's doing that less and less with how much they are running with Cam Newton. Exactly. Yeah. So next one is Mike Davis. Um, CMC is looking to either be back this week or next week. Like It's a little unsure because I don't know if this is a downgrade or it's just the terminology they're using, but now he's week to week, where I think last week they were saying he was day to day. So I don't know if that's just how they're saying it or if it is an actual downgrade in his um, injury status. But yeah, it's sort of up in the air right now if... Christian McCaffrey will play. So, I, I Mike Davis is definitely once once Christian Mc, Christian McCaffrey is there, get him out. He did nothing when Christian McCaffrey played uh, the one game that he was able to play recently, and then even this week against a very good Tampa Bay defense, he didn't do anything. Uh, next person is Joshua Kelly. Um, my issue is pretty much with the Chargers backfield, besides Austin Eckler, and until Eckler comes back, which I think he's eyeing a week twelve. That's what I heard. Back, yeah, he, the whole backfield just kind of messed up, and Joshua Kelly's only finished the top twenty-five three times, and then he's never actually finished higher than twenty. So he's, it's not like he's doing great. He hasn't done anything for you recently. It might be time to let go of him. Yeah, he only has one touchdown on the year, and that came in the very first game, and. The past few weeks, he's averaging between 50 to 60 yards total between receptions and running. So I don't really, I like, I've, like I've said the past few weeks, I don't like Joshua Kelly in terms of fantasy. He's not really doing much and Eckler will be back sooner than later. And it, it's rough right now. It's like Balage, and that's pretty much it. But even then the backfield is. And maybe Poe. Pope. 
or Pope, sorry, yeah. Um, but yeah, Eckler, or Kelly's not the guy. Yeah. Um. All right. Next one, we got Philip Lindsay. Uh, fun fact about Philip Lindsay: he has caught the ball twice this season, two times. Woo! Um, I am two catches away from having the same amount of catches he has this year. That's impressive. NFL. So, um, good for you. Look for me. I'm a, actually a waiver wire addition this week. Thank you. I'll pick you up. Thank you. Um, Philip Lindsay, if if um, Melvin Gordon, they they prefer to give him the running back duties and also the passing back duties. So Philip Lindsay's maybe just a change of pace back and he's just going to be there. He, he really only seems to do well when Melvin Gordon doesn't do well. And it's just kind of hard to predict week to week. And they're more like, they're more trusting of Gordon than they are of Philip Lindsay. Yeah. And he is touchdown dependent because I believe his few games that he's done well, he's gotten a touchdown, but, and I know we were, high on him a few weeks ago saying to pick him up, but he hasn't done very much in the few weeks since then. So it's time to, to drop him. And especially since he goes against Miami and he faces Kansas city later on. So nope, nope, nope for me. Yeah. Philip Lindsay is also 60.5% owned. That is, I think too high and you really only need him in, in the deeper leagues. Yeah. Uh, the next one we got is Justin Jackson. He is 57% owned. Um, kind of the same thing I've said with, with Joshua Kelly, that whole backfield is just kind of a mess right now. Um, once Eckler's back, it's Eckler's backfield. Um, it's going to be worth it to have Eckler, but I, I'm personally just not trusting of any chargers running back right now. It just seems like they kind of take turns every week on who's going to do well. I think especially to drop him since I believe he was placed on injured reserve. So by the time he gets back, Eckler will be there. Yeah, for so sure. So especially, he's just dead space now at this yeah, point. Yeah, definitely gone from that. Um, Jarvis Landry. If you want somebody, if you want a receiver that's going to get you six points every week, Jarvis Landry is your man. But do not expect much more than six points. He is not doing anything this year. Um, I don't know how much of that is Jarvis's fault and how much of that is the coach literally having zero trust in Baker Mayfield. Um, they are clearly a run heavy team and even like even saying they're just run heavy is a little light on that term. They are a run only team. Um, Baker Mayfield is there to get his game management, game manager, manager stats. I cannot talk. I am stupid yeah um he is 82.1 percent owned which might be a little high even though he should be i think that's people wanting him to do well every week he just doesn't he is a very like low ceiling guy especially since he has no touchdowns at all this season so i think if you haven't done it already it's quickly becoming time to get rid of him because he's just taking up space he's you keep him on your team for the name recognition that's that's what you're doing yeah and like he does have um nice matchups with philadelphia and jacksonville and in the playoffs he gets the giants and the jets which is really really nice but um cleveland and i guess in his favor cleveland has faced four of the toughest defenses so far this season in um pittsburgh baltimore washington and indy but again he has no touchdowns, and he has a very low ceiling. So I'd say drop him. I mean, looking in um, at PPR stats, his highest game this year was 13.8 points. 
that's not great. He his highest game this year in receptions was um, five receptions. That's he see see he's the he should be the number one guy now. So thirteen point eight. If he did that every week, that would be worth it. One hundred percent worth it. I would but definitely have him starting. If that's his ceiling, then no. No, yeah, that's as high as he can go. And this is a man who, when he was um, on Miami, yeah, Miami, he was catching a hundred balls a game or a hundred balls a year. Yeah, he. He has the talent. He's just not in the offense that suits him. Like, they are not a passing offense whatsoever. They're going to run the ball first down, second down, and then third down unless it's like third and eight. Right. And they have to pass. They are truly a very one-dimensional offense. The next one we're going over is Marquise Brown, a.k.a. Hollywood Brown, Baltimore wide receiver. He is 81.3% owned. People want to drop him, and I understand if you drop him, he hasn't produced for you this season. I'm reluctant to drop him personally, purely because they have a pretty easy schedule for the next couple weeks, and he is still the number one wide receiver on that team. Mark Andrews is going to be the touchdown guy, but Marquise Brown, if Lamar Jackson can figure out how to actually throw the ball, he Marquise Brown is the guy who is going to catch most of those balls. That's a big, big if, though. Like, I, Lamar is n- not doing his MVP numbers that he had uh, last year. Well, I don't think they were sus- sustainable, especially not in the run game. But Fair, but I, their offense is not as good as I think people wanted them to be or they should be because, yeah, they have – options like they have the players to to do it like Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews but they're just offense is not explosive and people take advantage of that and they get behind and then when they're behind they lose games it's just what they do and so I'm in the camp to drop him but I can it's sort of you can go either way my thing is though is they have the Titans not that great of a defense next week they do have the Steelers. That's a tough one, mm-hmm. and it's on um, it's on Thanksgiving. So I think Thanksgiving is the one exception to your Thursday night rule because Thank- there's so many games. Yeah, yeah, just because there's six games. So the Thanksgiving game everybody seems to show out for because it's like it's the one true prime time Thursday night game. Besides the very first week, every Thursday night game they like to call prime time quotation marks, mm-hmm. but in reality that's not. Third, the Thanksgiving one is everybody sits down, watch football, eats turkey, gets fat, and takes a nap. Yes, it's so America. That one, but then after that, they have the Browns, the Jags, and the Giants. That is, if you do a three-week playoff, that is your playoffs Easy for peasy. Marquise Brown. And so, if you can see any sort of hope in these next two games before the playoffs, Marquise Brown could be a guy that you have for that playoff push. Fair. That, yeah, they do just, have good playoffs. He still is the number one, and that's just why I'm reluctant. And I don't, I don't like Lamar. Don't tell anybody. Oh, I don't okay. like Lamar as a quarterback. So, I think this podcast doesn't like Lamar necessarily. Well, we know intern Aaron doesn't like him at all. He hates Lamar Jackson. <laughs> um, okay, next guy we have is Emmanuel Sanders, um, New Orleans wide receiver, fifty-eight point five percent owned in ESPN leagues. He. He just hasn't shown he can get really more than 10 points. He's had one top 12 finish this year. That's it. One. So he 
it, like, are you really banking on that guy to go out and get you decent numbers this week or like week in week out? Maybe like his numbers are good if he's a tight end, but he's a wide receiver. You can, there's other people out there. True. I think he's a good flex play though. And I think this is one bad game he's had. Um, and it's in a game where the Saints sort of had to rewrite their game script in the middle of it because Drew Brees got injured or further injured than he already was because I think he got injured in week nine but didn't necessarily uh, lead us to believe that he was injured or he just continued to play into week 10. Yeah, man has multiple broken ribs and I think a collapsed lung. Yes, and they're saying, oh, he'll, he'll be out maybe two to three weeks. Mm, that's Jesus. very optimistic. Jesus. Yeah, no. He is going to be out for more than that, I think. So, But going back, they had to pretty much rewrite during the middle of the game and put Jameis Winston in. So I'm hoping Jameis Winston makes him his go-to guy, even though Michael Thomas is there, but Michael Thomas hasn't really shown up this season. I know he's been injured a lot, but in the games that he's played, he hasn't done very well. He hasn't been the Michael Thomas of past years. So I think Emmanuel Sanders is still a decent flex play. It was just a bad week for him. That's my opinion. My thing is, is he had two not great weeks since he came off the injury. So, I mean, his... Is this Emmanuel Sanders or, My- or Michael Thomas? Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, okay. Michael Thomas has underperformed every week that he's played. Like, it's kind of sad. You can kind of maybe say last week was a wash with against Tampa Bay because they got... Because, I mean, they just dominated right out. Mm-hmm. So, they didn't need Michael Thomas to do anything because they were like, oh, we already are up 28-0 to zero or 28-3, to three, whatever it was. Um, but Emmanuel Sanders, past two games, 43 yards. The one saving grace he got last week was a touchdown. So I I don't see it. I don't know how I think Jason Jameis Winston is going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. I don't see them suddenly using Taysom Hill as literally everything on the offense besides a lineman and then suddenly being like, You're going to play sixty, seventy snaps at quarterback. Yeah, no, I don't see that, especially since he's the like the running option at quarterback or the wild cat play kind of guy at running at quarterback. You can just say he's the wild option. Yeah. They they had a breakdown of his season stuff and he's been like quarterback like twenty plays. He's been like tight end like twelve. He's been wide receiver thirty. Like he's they literally just throw I swear Sean Payton is just trolling the NFL and it's just like, hey, look. Yeah, he's the Swiss Army player. <laughs> what if we just throw Taysom Hill in here? Yeah. What do you want him to do? Uh roll the dice. Oh, he's got to catch a touchdown right yeah, now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't playing cornerback at one point. Yeah. Like, and like he just catched he caught a seam touchdown. Like he was in the slot and he ran a streak and like or a post and caught a touchdown. Like what? Who what? Yeah, Swiss Army man. So Okay, the next one is it's one I disagree with, but um, before JJ burst into flames, mm. he uh, he put Travis Fulgham on the list, 86.6% owned. I think that had to do with Jalen Rager coming back, and Jalen Rager kind of seems to look like the new Carson Wentz favorite target. I I just think he's had one bad game, and that was last week. But to be fair, the whole Eagles had a bad game on top of a whole bad season. Jeez. Um, Anybody who's an Eagles fan listening to this, I'm sorry, they're not good. It sort of looks like they forgot how to play football to a certain extent. Like their coaching decisions and just the general plays that they're doing. 
but I, I think I agree. I don't think you should drop Fulgham because he's the clear number one receiver on that team. It, and with Rager back, you can kind of say no. So like one A, one B. Yeah, but at that one at that point, one A, one B on a team that's not doing so well turns into instead of one person being like a wide receiver two, now they're both wide receiver like fours. Fair. It's like when people are drowning and the other person takes them down. Yeah. Okay. So I think it is just one bad game. Um, besides that, he's been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm holding on to hope. Yeah, still. I, me too. Um, I mean, Carson Wentz almost did win an MVP a couple years ago, and then he got hurt. He hasn't looked like it. I, I, I'm hopeful for this young guy, but I can understand why if you're starting to fear. I don't know if you drop him. I think you can. Put him on your bench. Shout out, James. <laughs> so. And they do have Seattle and Dallas left um, this season. So, if anything, maybe a streamer for those games. They have a they have a pretty easy yeah. uh, schedule coming up. It's just if Carson Wentz can get them the ball. All right, that's going to do it for the drops. I think we can move on to the ads now. And the first big one we have for ads is Daniel Jones. And my case for adding him is he is clearly the best running quarterback in the league. Wild. <laughs> I can't finish that sentence. Nah. No. Um, I mean, he, can, he found a way to do it in the open field today. He learned from his mistakes. He's apparently, according to, you know, the weird football stats like the Amazon speed. Oh, the, yeah, the, he had like the fastest quarterback the AWS run. stats or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, and it's like he was faster than like Lamar Jackson this year. And it's like... Was he cheating? Like, <laughs> Somebody the put the cheat codes break? on. Yeah. yeah. Up, up, down, down. He really is saving his game with running. Like this last week, he only had, what, like 200 yards? And then he had 64 right. rush yards and a touchdown, like rushing. So mm-hmm. right there, that game alone, 64, is 12 points Yeah, running the ball. So he didn't have to do much in passing, and he still had 12 points base. So Plus um, a lot of that. A lot of the help came from Gallman, who we'll talk about later. Oh, but yeah. that um that run for like the touchdown, I think was like a thirty yard run for a touchdown. Um and the Eagles defense wasn't there really for the most part. So it was a fairly easy matchup, but even though going into it, the Eagles have done decently well in certain games on defense, but they just ran all over. I mean Daniel Jones stats last this last game, 244 passing yards, zero touchdowns, zero turnovers. Oh, Impressive. Two weeks in a row, he hasn't turned the ball over. Six, uh, nine rushes, 64 yards, one touchdown. He he didn't have a – it's not a good game. Like I said, he got 12 points off of just running the ball, and I can't rely on Daniel Jones to run the ball consistently like I can rely on Kyler Murray Kyler Murray. And yes. Lamar Jackson, too. Yes. So I, I'm not confident in picking him up. If you're really desperate, I can understand. Yeah. He, they do have an easy schedule coming up. Um, and I can I can see you streaming for it if you're, if you're still mourning the loss of Dak Prescott. Or if you're in a two-quarterback league, there are leagues that are like that. Mm-hmm. I can see Daniel Jones being on your radar. Yeah, this, this is sort of a, a desperation play. And I know there are teams that are out there where it's like you're – basically at the point where you have to choose to get Daniel Jones. Although unlike Eli Manning, where it was sort of a joke picking him up every year, 
<laughs> um, I am last, guilty of that. With your last pick in the draft, you always got Eli Manning. Yes, I did for multiple years in a row. Um, I it's Daniel Joe Daniel Jones is is not at that level of like parody yet, but he's still not. I don't think viable for fantasy. I mean, their next games are the Bengals, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Browns, the Ravens. Um. Although this week they do have a buy, so week eleven they are on buy, so mm. definitely don't pick them up now unless nope. you're really fearful and you really want them. But I, I wouldn't worry about. You that. shouldn't have a hard time if you want to get him though. Yeah. yeah. Next quarterback. Oh, he's also only seventeen point nine percent owned. ESPN leagues. So right, like he's out there. So. Yeah. yeah. Next one is Alex Smith, three point four percent owned. Similar to Daniel Jones, I'm kind of staying away from it. I think we all love the story of Alex Smith. I think if we're putting bets on comeback player of the year, the fact that he has started a game now in this, this year kind of automatically gets him it. Um, but I don't think that means he needs to be a fantasy starter. He's, he had th- like almost 400 pass yards this week, but he didn't get a touchdown. No, like he, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. His, his offensive line is not that good. He always seems to be running for his life, even against uh, the Detroit Lions, whose defense is um, technically a defense. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how to put it. Besides, they're just not good. I mean, they've played well this past game, but for the most part, throughout mo- the majority of the season, they have not been. They have been ghosts. I, I will say that the they have gotten a better. little like better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he threw for 390 yards, but no touchdown. Like, no, like that that team, I don't know, that offense just isn't good enough to score. And I don't know if that's, like, the play calling or if it's the talent. Well, at least through the air, offense. they can't score. No, yeah, they did score on the ground. But, like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just not confident in Alex Smith either. It's, it's, it is weird because 390 with zero touchdowns is a – is an interesting stat because when you if you tell somebody oh he threw for 390 touchdowns they think oh one or two yards. touchdowns or I'm sorry 390 yards it's like oh we got one or two touchdowns as well because how do you not well Alex Smith showed how you how you don't do that personally usually in my mind I always kind of ass- like assign it where if you had a hundred yards passing you probably got a touchdown okay so that's my thing is like I hear some I hear a quarterback it's like they got 310 passing yards I'm like three touchdowns too right that's a fair yeah that's just like that's automatic a good, a guideline yeah yeah and so 390 I'm like okay three three and a half four touchdowns mm-hmm. right yeah maybe Zero. one on the ground but yeah um I, I like him better than Daniel Jones though although I'm still a little bit nervous because of their ability not to not get in the end zone, even though they have all the players to do it. McLaurin is really good. Their two running backs are reliable running backs. Gibson McKiss- uh, and McKissick. McKissick. Yeah, because they both have their individual rule. So even though they're a backfield by committee, I still trust them to actually play them on my team. Yeah, um, They're sort of a unique circumstance in that respect. But um, And even Logan Thomas is a decent tight end. And we'll talk about him more a little bit later. But if they can't get in the end zone, then it's a little like, what's the point? Because that's the goal, you know, get in the yeah. end zone. Um, the, more, the more points you score, the, t- the team with the more points at the end of the game is the winner, according to like John Madden. So 
It's just it's really easy to uh, say. According but, to the NFL, Kim. Oh, I'm sorry. But I, I, there's a I think there was a parody somewhere. Somebody saying that. But okay, yeah. yeah. Next guy. Let's move on to the next guy. Point six percent owned. Jameis Winston. We kind of went over it a little earlier. Um, like we've said, I don't think Sean Payton is going to shove Taysom Hill in there, who is the jack of all trades. Suddenly going to just have him limited to one position. And Jameis Winston was taking the snaps when Drew Brees came out at halftime. So Jameis Winston, the thing is with him, everybody remembers that he threw for 30 interceptions last year. And that is 30 for 30. (laughs) Rightfully, he's that is shameful. You shouldn't throw for 30 interceptions. However, the man also threw for 5,100 yards and for 33 touchdowns. I understand why you you don't want that kind of stress on your team for throwing, throwing 30 interceptions. But I think it made him learn. And I don't think Sean Payton will is the type of coach to just kind of like, Hey, let's let it fly. Mm-mm. They're going to do some clever game planning. Um, their schedule is the easiest for, from like 11 weeks, 11 to 16. It is the easiest chef's kiss um, for, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the easiest for quarterbacks for fantasy wise. They have the Falcons, the worst uh, defense defense going against quarterbacks. Then they have the Saints, and then guess or sorry, then they have the Broncos. Sorry, they face themselves. Yeah, <laughs> scrimmage. <laughs> and then they have guess what? The Falcons again. So those two easy weeks. Then the Eagles. The hardest one is the Chiefs, and then they have the Vikings. The Vikings are secretly a little scary they've been doing way better these past couple weeks i mean they're on a three-game win streak including tonight okay so um but still by ranking they're still like the fifth yeah those those next four if anything like and that's probably gonna be when drew Brees is out so yeah they say two weeks but the man has multiple broken ribs and a collapsed lung no and if they continue to win games i can see them foreseeably sitting drew Brees until they're Perfectly ready. Yeah, they should get around 12 wins this season based off their schedule. <laughs> yeah. Like, at least. They'll have so. two comeback wins against the Falcons because that's just the law of the NFL. Yeah. Um, Falcons get up on you, but then we don't know how to finish. Like, so. I, I think he's definitely worth a look. Uh, next one we had, 29.2% owned, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm actually going to say no. He's kind of dealing with a little MCL injury. Yeah, I think it's a sprain. Yeah, he he's dealing with an MCL injury. The thing with the Carolina Panthers is they play to the level of their opponent every week. And then, I mean, they're, what, three wins? So most of the time they're losing. Mm. I'm not super confident in Teddy Bridgewater. Neither I think I. he's he's just kind of a coin flip to see how well he does that week. Yeah, his, his dripfulness, I think, really, really is benefits from having and that entire team benefits from having Chris McCaffrey on the field. Like we saw it against the chiefs that looked like a completely different team than weeks prior. Yet again, Christian McCaffrey is, is probably going to be out. So I don't. And plus with that MCL sprain, I don't rely on him. Plus there are other quarterbacks. You should have other quarterbacks. I don't know exactly who is on by this week, but Mahomes is coming back off of uh, a bye, and plus you should have other quarterbacks that are better than 
Yeah, there's there's really other options out there. Next person we're going to talk about is Devontae Booker, 1.4% owned. He's had two very good weeks this past uh, these past two weeks. Um, against the Chargers, if you really go look back at all of their drives, it's amazing that they won that game. And it's very Chargers on how the Chargers lost that game. The Raiders special teams put them in great field position every time. If they did not get good field position, they didn't score. Like the Raiders, I went back and looked at the whole game. They had one drive, absolutely one decent drive where it lasted like eight plays. But besides that, they were like three and out, four and out, five and out, maybe six and out. And then like they would get their, like on one, they had a kickoff return for 44 yards. So they started at the 50 yard line. Yeah. And it's like, it's way easier to go 50 yards and score than it is to go 75. Absolutely. So I think Devontae Booker did so well two weeks ago because of that. And then he happened to get into the end zone. Mm-hmm. He'd happen to break off like a 20 yard run. So that really helps the stock because I don't think he's getting those goal line touches if they drive it down to the goal line. No, it's Jacobs. Yeah. So he has to score from 20 yards out. And then this last week they did so well, it was a blowout. Yeah. Why, why are you going to play your starters in a blowout? Like, True. you don't want to get them hurt, um, especially Josh Jacobs, young guy who's supposed to be, like, your guy for the next foreseeable future. You don't want to get him hurt. Give him some rest. This game's over. Let's get the other guy in there. Yeah. See they, how he does. Both running backs had two touchdowns, I believe. That's, like, that doesn't, that shouldn't happen, you know, unless, and before this, I hadn't really heard of Booker, to be honest. Um, Never heard of Booker T. <laughs> Five, 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 five. Come on. No, I'll put respect on Booker T's name. Um, catch, catch the wrestling podcast right yeah, after yeah. this one. <laughs> um, Sucker. <laughs> um, but yeah. And I don't know if you want to add him because he does have like a sort of a, a sandwich deal where the center, like the, all the meat and the cheese is really, really good, but that bread is like rotten and rancid. For his schedule? Yes, coming up in the next four games. Yeah. It's sort of like, it sort of looks like the bread that SpongeBob fed the, uh, the health inspector. <laughs> it's just rotten because it's Kansas City. And then Oof. in the fourth game, it's Indianapolis. I think in Indianapolis is an away game. So you know their stats, Indy at away. They have not allowed a rushing touchdown this season. I just keep wanting to emphasize that because it's their their defense is it's just stupid. a fun fact. Yes, it is a fun fact, and their defense is stupid. Um, but in between that, you got some nice prime rib with Atlanta and new and the Jets. So if you can get past the bread, then he's maybe worthy within those two games. But other than that, no, I'm I'm not really picking him up for to face Kansas City and Indy. When one, I don't think they're going to do well in those games, and two. They already have Josh Jacobs, so yeah. Okay, let's let's move on to the next guy. We have Kalen Balage. Um, he's the Chargers running back. I know at the beginning of the year he was the New York Jets running back. Wild. Twenty nine point nine percent owned. I think he's actually worth. I think he's the one guy in the backfield for the Chargers that's worth a look at. Um, since he's came in the past two weeks. He's had 15 carries and then 18 carries. He's only had 69, nice, and 68 hey. yards, almost nice. It's close, so close. And a touchdown. Uh, but this last week, <coughs> sorry, 
Talking about that. Mm. He had six targets and five receptions. Only 34 yards, but still. He looks to be their guy with Eckler off the field. I agree. And so you can kind of plug him and play him until Eckler is back. Um, Once Eckler is back, I don't think he'll be around much. Mm -mm. That is one of the most crowded backfields in the NFL right now. It's sort of like the uh, 49ers where like every week it's like they have another running back that just they pull out of their hat. It's like a magician with rabbits. It's where are these things coming from? <laughs> it's it's the um it's the old handkerchief in the sleeve. It's yes. just like, "Oh, here's yeah, a new just... one." How long does this go? <laughs> yeah, all right. Are we like we get the joke, but then it's just going to keep <laughs> yeah. going. So, um, I mean, uh I think if you're going to play him for one week, this is the week to do it. They play the Jets. So, that's not only I mean, the Jets, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also a revenge game a little bit for him since they like got rid of him. Uh, that's going to be his best bet. However, bold take, the Jets are going to get their first win this week. Really? Against the Chargers. Why is that? Um, when the Browns were 1-31 over the course of two seasons, can you name the one team that they beat? Let me take a guess. The Chargers? Correct. Oh. <laughs> I told Aaron while we were watching the um, New England game, right? Yeah, the New England game. Mm-hmm. If if the Jets beat New England, I don't think they win a game the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But if the Jets lose to New England, they're going to beat the Chargers. Yeah, because they were up at one point against New England. And I think that is, I think it's just the most Chargers thing to do is to lose to the like the worst team in football. Yes, they just it just screams Chargers. And it's so sad to see Justin Herbert start his career just knowing that. True. So. Yeah, he needs it's sort of like a the two coaches in both Anthony Lynn facing Adam Gase and it's like they're facing the opposite side of this of like the sideline so where everybody else is like looking at the game they seem to be looking at the fans. They don't know what they're doing, per se, is what I'm trying to say. They just seem confused and don't know what to do. And so it'll be interesting. I, I think, think Anthony Lynn knows what to do three-fourths of the time, but then he gets tired and he needs a, hap, and needs a nap. Yeah. Um, so once the fourth quarter hits, he's just like, all right, well, what should we do? Run the ball five, six plays in a row? That'll win us the game. We're right. only up by seven. So, yeah. Anyway, next guy, guy I really like, Michael Pittman Jr., mm. Indianapolis wide receiver, 5% owned. This guy is starting to become the guy. T.Y. Hilton um, is retired. I don't know what happened to him. He's gone. He's, he's not even relevant in the NFL anymore. His grandma called and said, this is not the baby I'm seeing play or whatever, and it didn't affect him. How does that happen? It's like, an I, omen. Yeah. If your grandma can't, like, motivate you. Oh, my like, God. How he, do you disrespect he, your grandma? He like could that? have at least had one good game after that. But no. T.Y. Hilton hasn't done anything. So, Michael Pittman is the new guy there. The scariest part is Big Phil throws the ball to whomever. I think he needs glasses. I don't think he knows who he's throwing to. He just knows. Blue or white? He just knows check down or downfield. Mm. And that's it. And he's just throwing it. So Michael Pittman, that's the only thing that scares me. But he's clearly improving. He's 
clearly trending up. He's definitely worth a bench stash. Uh, I would agree. And I have to give a shout out to uh, JJ and Aaron who talked about him last week before the Thursday night game. So they did a good job in calling that Um, because we were talking about Pascal and they mentioned Pittman and clearly Pittman is the guy. He seems to be the viable wide receiver for big, big Phil. Whereas otherwise it's just either Naheem Hines or the tight ends. So it's nice that he has a wide receiver and it adds another level to their offense, but their offense is sort of, do they show up or not in terms of games? Cause their defense is pretty much always there. I can't say yeah, enough how they, much their defense is. They'll have their one to three bad games in the season. Like every defense does. Exactly. But if their offense decides to show up, I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, and I'm like looking forward to them in, if they make the playoffs, I have a bold prediction that they're going to be like the Tennessee Titans of last year if they make it to the playoffs. So you think AFC Championship game, or do you think they can make the Super Bowl? I think if the offense shows up and they do good on offense, I think they can make it to the Super Bowl. If you don't, will you wear a dress? Sure. (laughs) Okay, I got to write that down. I mean, why not? Like... But only if the offense shows up. Yeah, because I, I I think their defense, it, you know, their defense is going to make it a game. It's just if their offense chooses to give them a lot of points. Okay, so I'm going to say if, like, in if they make the playoffs mm-hmm. and they have, what, like 400 yards offense, that's offense showing up. Yes. So if they lose with 400 yards offense, you'll wear a dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because okay. there's no reason they should lose that game if that's the case. Okay. And right. if they do, that's their fault. Right. I, yeah, no, no, no. That's, I'll, I'll write that down. All Intern right. Aaron, please write that down. <laughs> um, okay, next guy, next guy. Josh Reynolds, 2.9% owned. He's wide receiver for the Rams. Uh, Rams. He's the only wide receiver it seemed to be showing up this week against the Seahawks, who are the one of the worst, maybe not, maybe the worst Passing defense? Mm-hmm. I believe they are the worst passing defense by yards. Mm. And, I mean, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, not there. Meanwhile, I believe uh, Josh Reynolds was, like, wide receiver 17. The number might be a little off based off of tonight's game with Justin Jefferson and Adam mm. Thielen going. Mm-hmm. Right. But as of Sunday night, he was, like, wide receiver 17 on the week. And so it's just a little ridiculous that that happened. Oh, that's – yeah. Um, I, their offense is weird. Like they're another one where their defense plays pretty well with Aaron, Aaron Donald up front and they can get to the quarterback and disrupt plays, but their offense sometimes just doesn't show up. Like they're in the cantina somewhere putting one, putting some back. I, I don't know when it's, it's really weird. He, Reynolds has been increasing in targets. That's true. That's, so, I, I did note that he was trending up in targets. I think it's been like 8, 9, and 10. Yeah, 8, 9, and 10 the past three weeks. Uh, 4, 4, and 8 on the receptions. And then 52, 44, and 94 yards. Um, I think Jared Goff is starting to like him. Okay. I think that that offense has always needed a three-wide receiver set. Um, and so they worked really well when they had like Cooks, uh, Woods, and Cup. Okay. And so maybe Reynolds is, is, is that guy. Yeah, is that new guy. 
I think he's worth like a, stash. a pickup. Bench stash. Mm-hmm. Um, desperate times, you're kind of risking it. Throw him in there. Uh, like I said, he is trending up. So that's what you're hoping for. He is going against Tampa Bay this week. And then San Francisco. But then after that, he has Arizona. And okay. so that'll be a good game for him. Yeah. And in although against good defenses, he gets those, like, he's gotten those receptions, but it was like four and four, whereas this week it was eight um, catches. So against good defenses, he doesn't catch as many of those targets. I think, again, against good defenses, his targets are inflated because if a ball's thrown away over your head, it's a target That's to you. true. That's fair. So that's very possible. Yeah, their next couple games are... They have the, like I said, the Bucks on Monday night. They have the 49ers, um, who were a weird defense. They're good and bad. They're just so hurt. Mm-hmm. And then they have the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Jets, the Seahawks. That is a very favorable end of end stretch. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you could be looking to them. Yeah, he's a guy who you pick up at this point and then hold him off for those playoffs and be like, pick, like, he shows out in those playoffs. Yeah. All right. Next guy we got is Jordan Reed, San Francisco tight end, 15.6% owned. Jordan Reed is on the radar this week because did you see that one-handed catch? Um, he caught it like maybe six inches off the ground. Wow. He just went down and it looked like a thrown away ball. And he was just like, no, nah, I got you guys. Let's get like 10 yards on this play. It was ridiculous. I think he's still very talented mm-hmm. as a tight end. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was top three tight end. He was kind of like that Mark Andrews guy. Okay. Where, like, you still had, like, Travis Kelsey and... Um, Kittle? Well, three years ago, it would be, oh. what, like, Gronk or somebody. Maybe yeah. uh, Kittle wasn't Oh, I, there. I, I, I see. What but, I like, mean. you have the top two guys, and then you mm-hmm. know what? They're in a class of their own, and then suddenly you he's, have... Who's the next guy? The top, of, the top of the second tier? Yeah. It was like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's a good one to have. And so he still has that talent. He just has a lot of brain damage. Uh, that's kind of a joke and not a joke at all. Like, he has a Oof. lot of concussions. So um, I think Kyle Shanahan's offense really helps. They throw a lot to the tight end, just okay. naturally who it is. And I think they've been blessed with George Kittle, who is, um, in my opinion, the best tight end in football. Okay, over Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but that's a different discussion. That's okay. just because Travis Kelsey's, a, I think, a better receiver, but George Kittle can block. And oh, it's like an overall tight end. Overall. Oh, I got yeah. you. Okay, okay. So, um, but that's just a different time. So that's my my take on Jordan Reed. I like him. I would definitely put him in, and he's he's definitely a week by week. Yes, I would be looking to put him um, to start him. I think they go into a bye this week, and then after that they have the Rams. So I'm a little scared about that. Um, but. I sort of agree because there's not very many options on that team because they're so injured or they're on the COVID reserve list. So they're pretty much thrown into him or, you know, whoever's healthy. Um, but I, I, for the most part this season tend to stay away from the 49ers, but he's a good streaming option. Playoff schedule though. Last two weeks, 15 and 16, Cowboys, Cardinals. Okay. And we know Kittle's not coming back. If Kittle comes back, it's for playoffs. That's true. And yeah, I don't think they're coming for With the broken playoffs. Bone. Yeah. All so. right. Next one we have is Logan Thomas, tight end for Washington, 18.9% owned. 
I, I'm kind of in the same boat I said about Alex Smith. I just don't really like. I don't like anybody but the Terry McLaurin, McKissick, and Gibson on that team. That's that's fair. Um, the tight end doesn't really get much love over there, but I do like him as a player. It's just kind of the offense that he's on. Um, and though he is a bit touchdown dependent. Um, but in terms of his matchups, he has Cincinnati and then Dallas, which is nice. And then afterwards he has Pitt, so I would stay away from him definitely from in that game. But then after that, San Francisco, Seattle, Carolina. So he is an option if... Alex Smith can prove to be able to get into the end zone because Alex Smith has two games over 300 yards. Like they're back-to-back games. He's gotten 300 yards at least. So that's a positive. It's just, can they figure out how to get in the end zone? If, and if that happens, I think that changes a lot of things for that offense. So I agree. All right. Next one we got is Dan Arnold, tight end Arizona Cardinals 0.3% owned. I'm sorry, but who, uh, yeah, I think the schedule is just favorable for him. He has Seahawks next, so if you want to stream him, but it is a Thursday night game. <gasps> I know you can't trust it, but also at the same point, like Thursday night games are where random people shine, and who's more random than Dan Arnold? <laughs> so then the Patriots, the Rams, the Giants, the Eagles, the 49ers. So it his schedule's pretty good. He's a streamer at most. Sure. You really got to be, you got to be deep diving on like, ah, nobody's going to think about this. I'm sure he's super cheap in daily fantasy. So if you're going to go for him somewhere, that's probably the best place to go for him at. Fair. Yeah. I, I just feel sort of, he's like a guy who will maybe make you look like a genius because it's like, look how well he did. But then on the other hand, it's like, why are you picking up this guy? Like, look at, look at him. Look so-and-so picking Dan Arnold off the waiver. Yeah, and then like, he drops like 15 points, and you're like, oh, No, wow. no, that makes him you look de- like a genius. You but deserve then, the 10,000. Um, <laughs> um, I, I still like Kirk and Hopkins better as receiving options for Murray. Duh. And yeah. until, like, he... I think Dan Arnold needs to prove himself a little bit more before I would pick him up. But... Maybe keep an eye on him, in my opinion. So that's that's what I have on the long lost brother of Tom Arnold. Yeah. Um, you really threw me off that <laughs> yeah, Tom know, Arnold thing because <laughs> I was about to get ready to get into the recap. All right, let's get right into the week ten recap. Woo! Okay, we got some big, big players, and we got some really tiny players. Yeah. First off, let's start with some QBs. We have Tom Brady. Um, we said it last week. Angry. Yes. Him Mad. and him and Aaron Rodgers. When they're angry, you need to stay out of their way. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Brady, I think, while you, if you watch the game, he still showed his age sometimes. He had Gronk. I'm not going to say wide open, but the defender was behind Gronk and... That's still Gronk is still a large man. That's an easy catch for Gronk, and he overthrew him in the end zone for like twenty five yards. But Tom Brady was QB one on the week. They just beat up on younger brother Carolina, mm. and he just kind of Tom Brady just kind of picks and chooses when to drop dick. Yeah, on the league, he just puts it on the table. And this week was one of those ones where he's just like, I'm, I have to remind him who I am. Yeah, Tom Brady, I think, is one of like the most calculating quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and cause he's just chosen 
things very particularly in terms of his career. And yeah, he, he played mad. He had to be like, all right, I gotta, I gotta stretch and, you know, show them that I'm still here to, to win a Super Bowl. Cause for him pretty much it's Super Bowl or bust. And I think this game really, really helped them because coming out of the New Orleans game, it their season was like, wait a second, what's happening? But then he came back this game and was like, no, there's no need to worry about it. Um, and I think based off the rest of their schedule, um, <clears throat> which is uh, pretty easy after their bye, because they face the Rams and then they face Kansas City, which are, which I think they can beat the Rams. It'll be a tough game against Kansas City. That that should be interesting. But then after the bye, they face Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. So that's three games they should win. And they're 7-3 and three right now. Um, I don't remember the last game they play of the season because it's not necessarily fantasy relevant. But I feel like they should be at least 11-5 and five at the end of the season. So they give New Orleans a run for their money for the top seed in their division. Um... And yeah, he 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 has the weapons now because he's he's throwing he threw the ball around. He had three touchdowns passing, and then one he um, rushed into the to the end zone. So he had four total. Um, but he threw the Cameron Brait, Gronk, and Mike Evans. And Godwin had a really good game as well, even though he didn't catch a touchdown. So yeah. he's just doing it. Keanu, can you guess who has more rushing touchdowns this year? Tom Brady or Lamar Jackson? I haven't seen Lamar Jackson get into the end zone very many times this year. It was a trick question. They are tied. They oh both have three. Wow, Tom Brady has three. It's that it's that QB sneak that he yeah. always does. It's, it's, QB sneak. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next guy. We have Big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, this one is um, in honor of JJ. We already miss you, bud. Mm. Hopefully, Aaron puts you back together soon. Yeah, get well soon. <laughs> um, get well soon from your spontaneous combustion. Don't get lost in the, du- the dustbuster. Yeah, uh, Big Ben had his best game of the season. He was QB, I think, three or four on the week. He had 29 points, depending on your league, around there. It was his best game of the season, and it was a blowout. Yeah. It was never out of question for the Steelers. Um I don't know how sustainable it is for Big Ben. Okay, like what do you mean? Big Ben to me, um, kind of with all that whole quarterback class, I mean, you got to remember who was in that class. It was Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, and Eli Manning. Eli Manning is retired. Correct. Big Ben has at least figured out his role of just kind of being a game manager and if you... He can still ball out, though. He can, but if if you really watch the games, he's he's throwing it to his receivers and letting his receivers do the work. True. He's not like, let me throw this dime all to you and all mm-hmm. this stuff. I mean, like Chase Claypool, that one week he had four touchdowns. If you look at like one of the touchdowns, it was just a shuttle pass. Mm-hmm. What sort of skill does that take as a quarterback? He literally caught the ball and just lofted it forward, which is, you can complain that Patrick Mahomes does that a lot, but Patrick Mahomes does other things to prove that he's good. So big Ben, I think he's just a fancy game manager, and then he has he every game manager, even Alex Smith when he was prime of his career and only getting 220 yards a game and like a touchdown or two. Every once in a while, he would throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. So you're telling me to echo the words of public enemy, don't believe the hype. Is that what you're saying? Could you say it more white? <laughs> 
I, I wasn't sure if like doing the accent, I'm like, oh my, is this racist? <laughs> so I didn't want to fully go into like doing an accent. Probably the smart choice, my man. Um, yeah, it's, I don't want to get canceled before, you know, become successful. Quote, yeah, quote. but, but I mean, these past two weeks in a row, Big Ben has been, has looked more like old Big Ben where he has over 300 yards. Last week he had three touchdowns. This week he had four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But he's also had two games at under 200. He floats around, what, 229, 230 yards. He's, okay. That is game managing. He's, do, he's doing what he needs to do to win. But that defense is absolutely dominant. TJ Watt yep. is getting off the ball um, like instantly. It feels like he's cheating. Yeah. Um, you ever play Madden, Madden player, yeah. and you just like, you turn off like offside. So you just have your player literally sprinting at the line until it's like, and he's just frozen and you get the, the great release every time. <laughs> that's just what it feels like. So yeah, that's my opinion on him. The next guy we're going to talk about Jared Goff. I'm mad at him. I don't want to talk about Jared Goff. He pissed me off. I was so big on Jared Goff. I had so much faith in him. I literally started him in my league because I had Patrick Mahomes, and I was like, this is the best plug-and-play. He's going against Seattle. Seattle is historically bad. If Seattle keeps this, if they were to finish the season right now, Seattle would have the like worst defense by yards in history. Jeez. Like, they are allowing almost 500 yards a game. That's crazy. Like, it is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and... He just he couldn't score. Yeah, he no couldn't t- score. No touchdowns on the game, right? Zero. That's... Zero. I wrote in my I wrote in my waiver wire article. Jared Goff was the man. We talked about Jared Goff. I wrote in my daily fantasy. Jared Goff was my quarterback. He was the right price. I even said to stack Robert Woods. Yeah, because Cooper Cup was coming off injury, mm-hmm. and Jared Goff disappointed me. I'm gonna add. Uh, a new category. It's my get ready for the specific reference. It's my Kevin Sorbo disappointed player of the week for all you Xena, the princess warrior spinoff fans out there. Uh, um, uh, I know we don't have a lot of listeners yet, but if by chance one of you um, knows who that is, <laughs> if, if you if you can tell me that reference, please tweet at. Oh, please do. Please tweet at one of us. Like, I will shout you out. Yeah. I will do my. I will do my best to get you on this pod if you understood that reference, because that was ridiculous. <laughs> that I, you, I reached deep into the bag. Through that. that. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, new category: Kevin Sorbo, disappointed player of the week. Um, I, he had all the tools to do well. It was the perfect storm, and they he he I don't know where he was like he he didn't do it and if you if that's the case then I can't trust him anymore. I think we were talking about this earlier. I've sort of we've sort of lost faith in Jared Goff because if you if you drop that type of thing that's put in your lap, like, what are you doing? He was a very consistent quarterback too this whole year and he was doing it. He was yeah. doing it consistently. And then suddenly he gets, he gets this game on a platter handed to him and he, he drops it. Yeah. And like, and like no. not even QB two level this week. 
No, he was QB. I think twenty one b- before the shakeout of the Monday night game. Yeah, like that's not okay. It's not like he's going to rise above it suddenly. So, I, I, he mind mind boggling. I'm mad, and I don't want to talk about rightfully it rightfully so. No, that's fair. Let's I move on to running backs. We have Jonathan Taylor. Um, literally in my notes, I have here who because <laughs> he after the bye, he's no. he's disappeared. Yeah, he he. Like his highest finish after the bye was running back twenty seven, and he got about eight point four points depending on your mm-hmm. point system. Meanwhile, Hines after the bye, twenty points, four point eight versus Baltimore, and yep. then twenty six points. Hines is getting about five receptions a game. Hines got fifty six percent of the snap share this last week. Taylor after the bye snap share the past three games thirty four percent, thirty one percent. 24%. Yeah. He is being phased out of this offense, and I don't know why. If we're going based on, like, talent-wise, I don't know why you don't have Jonathan Taylor as your guy. I, I agree. Like, I, I don't know if he he might have played a prank on Philip Rivers and, like, took one of his kids and to see if he'd notice if any of them were missing. But, and, and that's a really dark joke, but I think, like, Philip Rivers is, you know, n- like, getting his revenge now on that alleged, you know, not real prank, but in that scenario, but yeah, there's, where is he gone? Like, and like at the beginning of the year, Naheem Hines, we were pretty high on. And then it's like, Oh, he fell off. And now he's had two games in the past three weeks where he's caught two touchdowns from Philip Rivers, I think, or he's had two touchdowns in those two games or in those two games. Yeah. So he's no, he, he had two at touchdowns this last game. He had a running and a receiving. Okay. Touchdown. I just wasn't sure if they were both passing. That's what yeah. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, the one bad game Naheem Hines has had since the bye was against Baltimore. Baltimore is still a top defense. Yes. Regardless. Yes. It's going to happen. It, it's just mind-bottling. Ah, yeah. that's a reference I do get, and you, you should get as an yeah, audience. mind-bottling. So, I I don't understand it. I don't know if Phillip Rivers just is like, eh, if the guy can't catch passes, I don't want him behind me. Because, like, it shouldn't matter if you're going to hand the ball off anyway. And Jonathan Taylor can catch passes. Mm-hmm. I, maybe they were just really impressed when he did that backflip after he scored. And they were like, whoa. Isn't this Naheem Hines? Yeah. Screw Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> this guy is awesome. Yeah. Do you see that backflip? We want to see more of that. That's going to put butts in the seat. Conspiracy watch. During COVID. Yeah. When we can only have so many butts oh, in the seat. Boy, yeah. So, I... I don't like it. It makes me it makes me not like indie. It makes me not like like coaches. <gasps> oh. Because like tweet tweet at me personally, DM me, call me, tell me why you're doing this cuz I'm confused. Why are you doing this, Jonathan Taylor? <laughs> call me, sitch me if you want to reach me. Great try. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, let's let's go let's go to the next guy. Next guy we have is Antonio Gibson, Washington quarter or Washington running back. Three weeks in a row, he's been top eighteen. Um, the scary thing is he's only has thirty eight percent of the snap count, mm-hmm. or thirty yeah thirty eight percent of the snap count, but he gets fifty seven percent of the running back attempts. Yes. Uh, so I think kind of what you said earlier. They both have their roles. J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is their running back. Mm-hmm. J.D. McKissick is the guy who is going to catch the ball from the backfield. Right. Um, it's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Gibson, to me, I think is better. I would agree. Yes. Um, I like them more. I like him more. I think they should be using him more. I, Once again, please call me, Washington football team. Just tell me why. Riverboat Ron. Yeah, I promise not to say anything if it's a, a secret that I need to keep. I just am curious as to why we're doing it like this. But it, I would like to say it's working. It's not. They're still not winning games. So yeah. it's weird. I don't know if they just don't trust him yet or if it's like a rookie thing. Like, he got to ease into it. I mean, on paper it works, I guess, but on the field, it. I, I mean, he did get two touchdowns this past week, but I that they're just yeah. I don't know. That offense is really weird. That offense is sort of in a bubble of its own. It's kind of like a Twilight Zone type of thing where their own their own unique creature in a way, and just pretty much everything surrounding what, Washington. What, what division are they in again? The NFC. Oh, the East. NFC East. Yes. Yeah, the NFC. The if we could get rid of whole divisions in football, they would be the one to get rid of. Yeah, and so instead of like having a um an expansion team, like you get rid of those to go. Yeah, back they to... they still only want to keep thirty two teams, so we're going to expand to four new teams. But, yeah, taking those four team spots. Um. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Mm. Wayne Gallman. Uh, Wayne Gallman. I don't think he he has not had more than 68 rush yards in a game this season. But he gets touchdowns. Yes, he actually has five touchdowns in four games. Would you like to know how many touchdowns he has? Like, he has five touchdowns. Would you like to know who else has five rushing touchdowns this season? Sure. It's a pretty good list. Zeke. Aaron Jones. Nick Chubb. James Robinson and Ronald Jones all have five touchdowns this year rushing. Okay. But has he played as many games as them? No. Mm-hmm. Maybe Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb missed a couple games. You can say that Zeke is, I, they, that team really relied on their fair point points about Zeke in favor of Zeke. The offensive line has been terrible. Mm. Dak is gone. Yes. Zeke had COVID. At the beginning of the year. Oh, okay. That is something forget like we forgot. I did not. Yeah. Is COVID actually a big hindrance on play? Oh, I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say is COVID a big deal? Like, yes. <laughs> Should we care about COVID? <laughs> um, that's a different podcast, but yes. Um. So that's that's the thing too. Is is has that affected him? I mean, it is a respiratory disease. Based so it's off possible, I think the research it does affect you afterwards. But. So, that's my thing. Okay. There's a lot of things that are going for it. Hopefully, it doesn't affect Zeke. Next year, you can kind of... I mean, Zeke is still definitely a starter, but you kind of have to lower your expectations um, on just the whole Cowboys franchise. Yeah. Um, except for Jerry Jones. I've never had high expectations for Jerry Jones, and he always meets my low expectations. That's nice. Yeah, I don't like Jerry. Good job, Jerry. Never like Jerry. Oh. So... That's that's my whole spiel. I'm Okey sorry dokey. about Wayne Gallman. Um, so I have more of a personal um, account. Not personal, but like I personally like Gallman a little bit more because he's made me seem like this. I'm doing a good job. 
seeing <laughs> as I've talked he, about him. He has propped Keone up. <laughs> yes. So for every AJ Brown I have in a superstar who has one catch, um, Wayne Gallman has elevated me to back to that floor um, because I said he's he should be the starter in the games. I think he's proven that in even even whoever's there, Defonte Freeman or um, I don't remember who the other guy is, um, who he was sharing time with, but he out he outran him, and I think much like Swift, he is running away with that backfield. I think we should have just not done a <laughs> podcast today. I, I I let there be a pause because it was deserved. Um, I like him, and Devonte Freeman I think got put on IR, so for the okay. next couple games, Gallman is going to be the guy, and he's. He's getting touchdowns, so yeah. you know what? You can you can put him in. Next guy we're going to talk about, it's going to be pretty quick. Duke Johnson. Um, we were high on Duke Johnson. To be honest, this was a rock fight. It was 7-10. Yeah. That was ridiculous. They're, neither team had good offense this game. Neither team had good yeah. football. No. Let's just say that. Duke Johnson still saw 95% of snaps and 100% of running back attempts. Yeah. So you put this in a game where even if it the score is elevated to a 17 to 21, Duke Johnson probably has at least 75 yards Maybe and at a least touchdown. like a touch yeah, yeah, something, but there was just purely nothing. So Duke Johnson's still definitely on the radar. He's uh David Johnson just got put on IR 2 days ago. Um 3 days ago, sorry. And so he's definitely a flex candidate. Yeah, keep him like yeah. Volume alone, he's worth it. I agree. Yeah, especially with um, David Johnson being out for a few weeks. This was just a bad game for both teams. And yeah, it was only really Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt that had that did well, which we thought was going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. And what a surprise! R.I.P. to uh, uh, Will Fuller's touchdown streak. Oh God, yeah. I'm upset about that. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. The first one we got is Marquez Valdez Scantling. That is a mouthful of a name. He is the Green Bay wide receiver. He's the number two right now with Alan Lazard out. He is the definition of boom or bust. Yes. He, my God, he has. He was wide receiver one this last week, and he's either top fifteen for three weeks or he's outside the top fifty. Like if he does not catch a deep ball, he's not there. Yeah, because his 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 touchdown was pretty much half his yards. Yeah. So. Man catches 20-plus yard balls. That's it. That's all he does. He doesn't mm-hmm. catch anything short. He only has six targets that in this past game and four catches. So the 149 yards he had, it to me, it's a little... That makes me a little skeptical because... It's telling of what he is. Exactly. That's It's more telling than anything. Because one of the big things when I saw he had 149 yards is I want to know how many targets he had. Because if he had a lot of targets, then it'd be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is actually starting to trust him. But he had only six. And for some people, that's a lot. But it's not enough for me to be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers trusts this guy. So even if Lazard comes back when he does, he's still going to be throwing to Valdez Scantling. So I think... When Lazard does come back, he's going to be the number two. So I yeah. think Valdez Scantling is making the most of his time while Lazard is out, but 
He's not dropping as many. That's true. Balls. That's good. But I think he's going to be um, – he's not necessarily an add or drop because it's not this, but I'd say this game – like those numbers put an asterisk on them. Yeah. All right. Next wide receiver we're going to talk about is Cole Beasley. Here's my notes I had for Cole Beasley. Let Keone talk. I know you really like to talk about Cole Beasley, so the floor is yours. I'm really not going to say anything about him. My boy is back, ladies and gentlemen. Cole Beasley. Shoving TJ Hackysack or whatever his name is off to the side, getting his trophy and his crown back. Mr. Consistent is back. And the crown is back where it belongs. The title around the waist of that Buffalo Bills receiver. Um, he just had a great game. And I know there were people talking about like, oh, John Brown is coming back. And oh, um, what's Gabriel Davis? They're going to take away receptions from him. No. Are you making fun of JJ and Aaron who talked about that? Was Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he had 13 <laughs> targets and 11 receptions. Most targets on the year? Yes. One more than his um, 12 of a previous year. I just do not count this guy out. Cole Beastly is a beast for a reason. And I just I just love him. And he had his best game of the season. Over 20 points in fantasy. And over 100 yards. And... I, I just, I can't say enough good things about Cole Beasley, and he makes me very happy, and especially when he proves people wrong. So, yeah, and he, yeah, I just, I just really, really like him. Okay, next guy we're going to talk about is Michael Pittman Jr. This one should be brief. We talked about him a lot. Um, he is the new target for Indianapolis. He's kind of elevating himself to be the favorite. The only thing I worry about, like I said earlier, is with Big Phil. I mean, we've seen what, like, kind of three favorites already from Big Phil kind of fall to the wayside. We saw it's like Mo Alley Cox, Jack Doyle for that one game, Mo Alley Cox for a couple games, even Trey Burton. Those are all tight ends, mm-hmm. but the trend is scary. But I think Michael Pittman. His age helps him the most. He's a rookie. He's yeah. he's trying to prove himself, and so I'm like, he had a good week. Yeah, and he's he's had over eighty uh, percent of the snap count in two straight weeks. So he's being used in the offense. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next guy. We have Tyler Boyd, Cincinnati wide receiver. Um, personally, I think he was just a bad week. I agree. He still saw the targets. He still sees the receptions. He just. It, was it just wasn't his week. Yeah, it's, it was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is going to destroy most of the people they go against. And um, Joe Burrow, his I think he pissed off his offensive line um, because they just haven't shown up for any game. Like it looks like I don't know how they don't have illegal formation penalties because I don't I haven't seen an offensive line out there. Just playing with six players. Essentially, Joe Burrow just is getting it's like free and clear. Like if if Joe Burrow doesn't get hit within the first three seconds, it's because the defense was like waiting. So I think uh Brett Favre has a, a thing called or he's talked about a thing called a, a lookout block. 
where the look out yeah where the the off uh, offensive lineman turns around to him and says look out do you think that's just what they're doing the lookout blocks yeah 100 percent of the time <laughs> they're they are turnstiles yeah um like i agree pittsburgh tough opponent i just think he had a bad week he's a good player um and he has decent matchups coming up except for maybe miami um and um he has pit he has pittsburgh again um Washington is maybe a, a sort of tough matchup, but they've shown that they they're can, weird. Yeah, um, they, so, they have like a really good defensive line and stuff, but then they're just like they still don't get it really done. I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know what to think of them. Um, All right, last wide receiver we're going to talk about AJ Brown, Keone's superstar of the week. I have I have a real just fat like. Uh, ostrich egg on my face on this one but i still I, th- I think it was a good pick at the time however it makes an addendum to the thursday night rule so i will stay with the thursday night rule of of don't play a player on thursday night unless they are the top player at that position for the team or if or unless or play them if they are a top player on thursday night unless they're going against a defense like the Colts, where they're one of the top few defenses in the league, and they play lights out. So I would say like Pittsburgh is maybe in that category, although Pittsburgh has shown that they can they can be uh, scored on. But then, but yeah, Indy. If if they're a defense where you're scared to um, to play against them, then maybe that Thursday night game don't play those guys because for all intents and purposes, AJ Brown should have had a tremendous week, but I think he only had one catch on four targets and even Corey Davis, who I think was the better receiver, didn't do very well. So Ryan Tannehill only had 147 pass yards. Yeah. I think, I think, um, was it in the, in like six out of nine games, the, Indianapolis Colts have kept teams under 300 yards of offense total, which is ridiculous. Indianapolis is very good on defense. Yeah, so that's an addendum to the Thursday night rule. If you're playing a team like Indy, that starter maybe is not – it doesn't apply to them as much, like, or it does. One person we can also talk about right now is um, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen kind of had a bounce-back game. I mean, he had – I was confident in not starting him. He was, he was my going best. against the yeah. He was going against the Bears. Um, very good. It was also Kirk Cousins on Monday night. Kirk Cousins got his first Monday night win in like Whoop. ten tries. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say Kirk Cousins looked good out there. He he didn't look terrible. He did enough to get the win. He had almost three hundred yards. He had two touchdowns. Okay. He had an interception. Both touchdowns went to Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen total had. Four receptions, 43 yards. He really, he had like a Mike Evans game Mm -hmm. where he just caught touchdowns close to the end zone. He didn't have, I, it's hard to say he didn't have a great game when he caught two touchdowns. He didn't really have a great game. It's not indicative of, of the rest of his season. Well, actually the rest of his season, if you look at his stats, he's had two games above 10 targets, but besides that he's floating around. He's had 
885-1013-545 targets. He's not getting a lot of looks. Or I mean, in terms of points. Oh, well, he's not getting a lot of looks, but he's got now three two-touchdown games and three one-touchdown games and three zero-touchdown games. Wow, that is kind of crazy. Good for him. But he's he's really touchdown dependent. Like, yes. He's, he's hard to say if you want to start him or not because in the other games he's got 51, 27, 38 yards, 29, 31 yards. He's had two games over 100 and three games over 80. That's it. Hmm. He's really touchdown dependent. Yeah. So. And even though uh, I said he was a, my bust last week and he proved that wrong – I did also say Justin Jefferson. I would choose Justin Jefferson out of the two, and Justin Jefferson went off this game. Like he had a really good game. Yeah, he had 135 yards. He just didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to the tight ends. We have Rob Gronkowski. He was my. Uh, he was your. Mm-hmm. He he. Uh, the uh, the foreshadow paid off. Yeah, he was a uh, he was. Tight end, I believe, one. Wow. With two receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. That's how low yes. tight ends are because Kelsey was on by. <laughs> two receptions, 51 yards, a touchdown. 12 points? What mm-hmm. is that? Full PPR is two, four, like 11 to 12 points? Yeah, and Mark and Andrews had a similar game, but not a touchdown. Is this like, your king? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Rob Gronkowski, past couple weeks, besides last week, he's he's doing really well. A touchdown he's, in all of them. Yeah, he's he's worth the he's worth the look. Um, in the beginning of the year, that's just kind of what. Um, I was saying was like you got to wait a couple weeks. Gronk has been out of it for a while. Once you hit, I said usually about week six, he was gonna start showing up. He's kind of a little later than that, but I think it's time to start at minimum streaming Gronk. Yeah, no, I have I play him every week. So yeah, if you don't have if you don't have Kelsey, play him. Yeah, no, he's a good tight end, and he's he's a go to guy for Brady. He's just they're comfortable. Together. Yeah, even if it's just those two targets a game that he gets or whatever it is. Um, I also said earlier when I was talking about Tom Brady, he had another one that he could have had a, like a 30-yard mm-hmm. touchdown on. Tom just overthrew It him. would have been nice for him to have two touchdowns. Oh, my God. It would have been so cool. And he had like 80 yards or like yeah, at least 70. <clears throat> All right. Next one we got Austin Hooper, Cleveland. Hooper! You can... Uh, what was the award name that you said for who was it disappointed? Oh, Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Austin Hooper. Disappointed. Oh. He's. It's hard to be disappointed because I didn't fully expect a lot from him. But you kind of expected with Odell out, somebody would need to step up. And it seems like that person to step up is just nobody. They're just running more. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, it was a game, I think it was a bad weather game, but still, like, it's, I don't think it was anything like the New England bad weather game this past, like, this week. With Bill Belichick controlling the weather? Yes, he, him and Tom Brady have both sold their souls, I think. But that's, that's a different thing. Um, but yeah, Tom, uh, he's the emperor. Do it. Um, Should sorry. that be a Twitter poll? 
Would you sell your soul for six Super Bowl wins? So we'll see. To me, I think I can pinpoint the moment where each of them sold their souls, like which Super Bowl it was. So for I think for Bill Belichick, it was um, against the Seahawks, where they threw instead of running it with um, Marshawn Lynch. You know, that last play at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think Tom Brady sold his soul against Atlanta in the Super Bowl. To get Bowl. the comeback? Yes. So that's just my theory. I think Tom Brady at least leased his soul um, in the tuck game, the tuck okay. rule game. Fair. Yeah, in the AFC the, Championship against the Raiders. The snow, right? Yeah, that one, not fully selling the soul, but that is so wild. I don't... I think I just need to brush up on my NFL conspiracy theories. That has to be a conspiracy theory. It, I mean, it's it's definitely one that I think it gets like proven, or I, it, there's evidence out there that it's it's you know it's provable. So I'm, back to Austin Hooper. Though. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why JJ got to be on this. We get sidetracked. I know, we got our tangents. Um, <clears throat> Hooper um, looking like a half-assed astronaut out there. Um, <laughs> what to, to keep with the Jaws reference? <laughs> oh my God! He, I think it was a bad game for everybody. He has only one top ten finish. He, I mean, the one thing you can, yeah, the one thing you can say is the game was seven ten. It was a rock fight. It was nothing. It was, it, it's a whole asterisk on the whole game. They do face Philadelphia, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. So he has chances to do well in those games. All of which I would, if you told me, if you told me Baker Mayfield threw for less than 200 yards every game the, for the rest of the season, 100% believe it. Fair. All right. Last guy we're going to talk about, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews did not have a Mark Andrews type game. He didn't, he caught seven receptions. He yeah. had nine targets. He yeah. did not score. Mark Andrews is usually like, Three receptions, two touchdowns, and 17 yards. Yes. So, I don't know if this is a good thing or, a, like, I don't know how. It, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I don't also don't know if it's a good thing because wh- we've already talked about the Ravens' offense passing, especially, and how it's just kind of not there this year. So, I don't think we need to get into it more. Yeah, just depends on Lamar. I think you're happy if you have Mark Andrews. You're happy if you've been starting him every week. You're upset if you've been starting him every week and then you finally said i'm not gonna do it to mark and like he's not gonna disappoint me and then he has a wide receiver i think three wide receiver four game or what do you or mean, t- sorry tight, tight end, end tight sorry end, yeah. tight end four that'd be great so, if he had a wide receiver three game oh my god yeah <laughs> just a wide play above your head yeah um so yeah. It, it's just uh it's just been i think disappointing for all um yeah, the Ravens. Ravens, are, uh, yeah, disappointing. The Kevin Sorbo Award for a um, team. Yeah. So, I think that is going to do it. Do you have anybody else just random you want to say? Um, I think we got to the guys. We talked about Naheem Hines, who I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, maybe Dalvin Cook. You were right, Aaron. He didn't do. Um, he was sort of a bust. He had he finished with like ninety six yards, mm-hmm. but he had thirty eight I think going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, which is crazy. He until busted off a big run. I I don't remember the defensive lineman's name, but once he got injured, that allowed Dalvin Cook to um to do well. It really saved his night mm-hmm. because you, you like you can just look at this game and be like he had ninety two yards. He just didn't score. 
but it the was whole not, yeah. he had three quarters of just not doing anything. He's gonna put this piece of paper on the fridge and destroy all the pictures and photo evidence. I actually saw a funny tweet. I cannot take credit for this, mm-hmm. but it said that Dalvin Cook had the Fetty Wap type of game because he was seventeen for thirty eight. <laughs> so, um, at one good. point that was his stat line: seventeen rushes, thirty eight yards. That's good. Um, he doesn't matter. Still started. Oh yeah. Start like Aaron game. said, the bust was asterisk. It wasn't full bust. It was disappointing for this week. And he was right. Yes. He was disappointing this week. That I think is going to do it. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys have any questions, send them to fantasy daydreamers on Instagram or tweet at us at FF daydreamers. Um, on Twitter, uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if it's in the form of a question, we will answer your question right away. Right on the next pod, we will answer it. Um, if you tweet at us, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Uh, we'll answer it right there on Twitter. We might bring it up in the podcast. Listen, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to stay dreaming. Stay dreaming. Dreaming.